Welcome to the Explore with Visit Bradford podcast, helping you discover everything Bradford and District has to offer. Whether you're after incredible history, entertainment, the great outdoors, shopping opportunities, luxury dining or fantastic museums, this part of West Yorkshire has something for you. I'm John Foster, and in this episode, let's find out some of the many reasons to stay and explore the Bradford district. Along the way, we'll pull a pint at Salt Air Brewery, where they brew some of the most innovative beers in the UK. We'll also investigate a hidden gem right here in Bradford city centre, Bradford Cathedral. And we'll discover the many markets around Bradford, each with their own unique character and offerings. We start today in the picturesque Burley in Wharfdale. We're just a couple of miles outside of Bradford city centre to a place built on the cotton trade of the industrial age and a mention in the Doomsday Book as well and one of the most picturesque areas in the Bradford district. And I'm with Rich Bunce, who is the walking photographer. We're not walking at the moment, but we will carry on walking in just a moment. How did you become the walking photographer? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I've always been into photography since my uh, mum picked up a camera out of the Avon catalogue for me at seven or eight years old and um, and I got a bit hooked on on it since then and ended up doing a degree uh, and then working freelance uh, in London you might be able to tell that uh, it's not quite the Yorkshire twang that uh, you might have expected I'm sorry about that um, but yeah so since then I've uh, gone on and done photography and one of the things that always sort of bothered me was I didn't like getting pigeonholed into a certain type of photography so the walking photography thing came a way of encompassing all aspects of photography that I really enjoy so becoming the walking photographer sort of hopefully helps sum up the kind of photography that I like doing. So you liked walking before this and you obviously enjoy photography so you thought you'd mix the two? Yeah exactly that (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) And I suppose around here you must be spoiled for choice. Yeah it's a really really great place there's so many different routes uh, you can take uh, really lots of nice footpaths coming out of the village which is uh, one of the reasons that attracted us to the village actually it's just there's just lots of different routes you could go out every day and do a different walk uh, quite easily I think. And I suppose it's not a seasonal business it's all year round because the autumn leaves the autumn colours down to the winter with the snow summer mornings and evenings you've got a whole 365 day canvas to play with absolutely and every year's different as well things change differently and um, so every day's different and every year's different as well and it's uh, it's really good being able to see those changes uh, being out as regularly as you can be yeah and you run workshops as well Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, workshops, photo walks, do some nature walks now as well and tours and, and all sorts. So not only can people find out about this amazing part of the Bradford district, but they can also find out how to take a really good photograph of it as well. Yeah, that's the idea to help people. You know, sometimes we can all get a bit familiar with our surroundings. And as soon as you get a camera in front of you, you start reimagining it and, and rediscovering it for new, really. So what made you want to share this lifestyle with people? Um, well, sharing the lifestyle, my, my lifestyle feels a bit chaotic at times, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, but certainly the ideas of, you know, getting lost in taking photographs and enjoying the outdoors more, I think it's something that's always helped and inspired me. And yeah, if other people can get into it, I think it would be really helpful for them. And, and it's something that I enjoy seeing other people get a kick out of as well and helping them. Actually, when you get behind a camera, something just takes over and, and all the 
sort of stresses or concerns you might have sort of just go into this moment of of composing and taking a photo and and being in that moment and appreciating that moment uh, maybe a little bit more so it, it, it's really just a process of helping you deal with stresses and 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 things like that yeah so you take time out yeah absolutely yeah yeah get definitely. out into the fresh yeah. air and see some wonderful yeah. sights and pro- yeah and process things in a you know in a healthy way so if i sign up for a workshop Talk us through it. What happens? There's a lot of varied workshops and walks, but generally they're open to everyone and um, we'll get people in and as we I'll cover general themes, like quite often more about the thought process than anything else. And then, but obviously other people turn up with different equipment and things like that. So I help them with that as well. So we sort of cover general themes as a group and then uh, I'll help people individually with more specific stuff that they might be interested in or, or need a bit of guidance with. Generally, they bring their own equipment, but that can be as little as a camera phone, a smartphone, or it can be whatever, you know, it can be sometimes stuff that people found in a box in an attic or whatever it is. And funny enough, we have started getting more and more people turning up with film cameras now because they've never used film cameras. So generally speaking, they'll just turn up with what they've got and we can cover it from there. And anybody with any skill level, you don't have to be a fairly decent photographer. Any skill level can Absolutely, come through. Absolutely, yeah. It's all about sort of opening it up to as many people as possible. And yeah, so people, like I say, people with phones, people who've never taken a picture before that want to uh, get into photography because it's just, you know, it's just something that's really accessible now with most people have camera phones now or can find a little pocket camera somewhere. And uh, I think it's just such a great way to absorb yourself and, and spend a bit of time time exploring outdoors or your local area or further afield i dare say local people come along to the workshops but you must be getting people from all over the country coming to yorkshire and spending a weekend in the bradford district yes definitely yeah so people come up from all over the place i had people come down from scotland up from london uh, spend a weekend and, and do that i did, had some people come from australia this year as well who've uh, they didn't come, they didn't book to just to be with me. I mean, <laughs> but uh, they they incorporated it as part of their, their holiday to uh, come up on a tour and, and look at some of the local areas, like the moors and stuff. So if there's one tip you could give to a would-be photographer, what would it be? Getting outdoors is always the first step and lifting up that camera. But I think in, in terms of improving people's photography, I think one of the best things you can do is the more questions you ask yourself before you take that picture, uh, usually the better the photo is. So, you know, um, quite often we we have this automated response to a scene where we just lift up the camera in front of us and take a picture. But I think, you know, if you actually ask yourself, why do you want to take this picture and how is this going to communicate that or what is this going to mean to me i think more questions you ask before you take that that picture that usually the better the photo so how do we find out more about your work here in the beautiful surrounding of burley and wharfdale what's your website uh, the website is walking.photography uh, i've got a blog site as well which is walkingphotographer.co.uk but i think if you just searched walking photographer hopefully i would come up and as a last question where is the place in your opinion to get that stunning photograph where is the place 
I knew you were going to ask me that. And that's a tricky one. That's like asking someone to choose their favourite child, isn't it? But um, I was thinking probably the best place to get lost with a camera is probably on the moors because it got, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got a little bit of wildlife. It's got nature. It's got street photography opportunities as well. You've got water. You've got scenes and vistas. So probably, probably Ilkley Moor would probably be my place to go to for that. I'll head up there now with my camera, take some pictures, and I'll come back and show you them, Rich. Thanks very much. Thank you. When you've finished a good walk, this is exactly what you need. Right now, I'm at Saltair Brewery in Shipley, and I'm with Ewan Gordon, who is the managing director. Ewan, tell us a little bit more about this place, the history of Saltair Brewery. Yeah, thanks, and uh, nice to meet you. Um, we've been here since 2005. The business started in Shipley, just outside of Saltaire. Um, we produce, uh, we've been producing beers sold throughout the, the region and, and the UK ever since then. Uh, we've got an international presence in, uh, with some of our beers, um, and uh, yeah, we just love making beer um, for, for people like you to drink and enjoy. And you like to drink it, obviously, as well. I have the odd one now and again. Yeah, yeah, there is a... It's a perk of the job, I guess, of making beer, yeah. Uh, so you say in the local area you sell and obviously in other parts of the UK, but internationally as well? We've done very well um, in terms of um, some of our beers getting abroad. They've won various competitions some beers more successful than others, but it's always the, the same way, if you like. Um, but yeah, we, we regularly export to, to over 14 different countries uh, around the world. So how many beers do you produce here? We have an ongoing range, sort of a regular range of probably about 12 to 14 beers that are always available. There's always seasonals coming through, um, specials every month. They can come in all kinds of formats, cask, keg, can and bottle. So uh, it's it's the industry is like that. You've got to be constantly uh, doing what you do best, uh, but also making new stuff as well. Being innovative. Innovative, yes, absolutely. Now, I know you are with some of your flavours, aren't you? Because there are a little bit strange on, on the face of it, but actually when you taste them, they're really, really lovely. Some of the combinations you've tried. Yes, I mean, Triple Chocoholic uh, is our biggest award winner ever. Uh, that's the one that's won a lot of things around the world, uh, the World Beer Awards, International Brewing Awards. When Tony started, Tony Gartland started this business um, and uh, he had a real passion for challenging people's concepts of, of what beer was 20 years ago. Um, and uh, that's where some of these ideas came from. These days, um, with the craft beer revolution over the last eight to ten years um, it's still nice to have those things in the portfolio that people really enjoy and and as you've just said you know but once you try them uh, they're, they're very well balanced and uh, hopefully really really drinkable enjoyable beers and you've thrown your doors open as well so people can come and see the actual process and made it into a day. People can come and spend a day here at the brewery. They can, yeah. We do brewery tours on a Saturday. Uh, we'd like to do more, but we're, uh, when we're running production, it's just not possible. So we do them at uh, one o'clock and three o'clock on Saturday. Uh, we've got the brewery tap here uh, where people can sample um, a, a big part of our range. They can. People love just 
sitting and watching the brewery, even though nothing's really happening. Uh, and the tour itself uh, lasts probably approximately an hour, maybe sometimes a little bit longer, depending on the questions that we get asked by the customers that have joined us. And it's a great way to engage with people. People are always really interested as to how it all works, because everyone that comes here tends to have a liking or a passion for beer. So you take people around the brewery, you show them, then obviously to the tap room? To the tap room, yeah. So the, the brewery tour itself um, includes a tasting flight at the end. Um, we go through the whole heritage of the business, the history of the business. Um, and then the, the bit that most people get really engaged with um, is the, the how we brew beer. So the basics of brewing beer are very similar for, for all breweries, but how we do it and how we express um, our kind of values of beer done right within that people tend to get really quite involved with. And we, we make it quite, uh, they get to look at grains and play with hops and things like that. So, uh, and most people are, are really, um, they really enjoy the experience and, and leave with a bit of knowledge. And also they get to, to sit in the tap room afterwards and, uh, and they can enjoy those beers. So whenever we uh, close at half past 10 at night, a lot of people just stay for a bit of time, depending on what they've, what they've got on their agenda next. As we know, there's lots to see and do in the Bradford district. So people do go off and, and visit other places uh, in the area. You keep going on about questions and odd questions that people ask. What's the question that's asked the most? Why are you in Shipley and not Saltaire? And the answer is? <laughs> we were meant to be in Salt's Mill. Unfortunately, uh, for various reasons, it didn't quite pan out. Um, and I just think a brewery in the mill, unfortunately, wasn't going to happen. Uh, but the branding had already been created. So Tony, the guy that started the business, uh, had to find a, a new location. So, And this is how we ended up where we are. For people coming um, to have a look around at the brewery and do the tour, do you put on any special events as well throughout the year? Yeah, we do special events. We've just completed our annual beer festival. I say annual, but we haven't held it since... 2019 uh, for obvious reasons um, and then other than that we have uh, um, we did a summer social uh, where we just kind of get some entertainment some food vendors um, that come along but the, the brewery the beer festival attracted about 1700 people over two days uh, 60 beers which was great and and recently we've got back on track with uh, a few more uh, different things like that we did a comedy night last week which was sold out and, and great fun uh quiz nights are coming back things like that so we're trying to make sure that we're doing as much as we can for our local community especially um and anyone that wants to come and visit and are you finding that yes there's a lot of people on the doorstep who live in the bradford district who are finding out about what happens here but actually you're getting people from right across the country yeah we get people from from all over normally at the beer festival uh, uh, there's a, a couple that normally come up from reading uh, every year uh, they book a hotel they make they make the most of it. They, as you say, they see some other sites on the days that they're not here. I did a, I did the brewery tours myself last weekend, and uh, we had a group from from Manchester that loved our loves our beer, um, and they just wanted to see how how it was made. And yeah, their plan was then to uh, to to have a few here, and then to head off and explore the rest of Saltaire. 
So you're finding that people are coming up for days out, but also coming to spend the weekend up in Bradford. Absolutely, yeah. So there's good accommodation links um, in the local area and throughout Bradford. Um, so yeah, they're, they're coming up to, to enjoy uh, seeing us, but also to enjoy some of the other things that Bradford and Yorkshire offers. How do we find out more about this amazing place in the Bradford district? Visit the website. Uh, all the information is, is on the website. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, you can you can learn about some of our history. You can see the beers that we that we make and sell and just come and visit us. They're the two best ways, really. Well, thank you very much for showing us around here today. I've got a couple of minutes before we have to head off to our next destination. So I might sneak in a little pint. What do you rececommend? I mean, you can't go wrong with Saltair Blonde. This is Explore with Visit Bradford, and in this episode, we're discovering a few of the many reasons to stay and explore the Bradford district. So I've jumped on the train in Shipley and I'm quickly back in Bradford itself. And right now I'm in one of the many markets in the city centre. And Hansa Tufel is the markets, promotions and projects officer for Bradford. Hansa, you have a lot going on in the city. We do. We do have a lot going on in the city. We've got a new market opening next year. So we've got a lot going on. <laughs> Tell us about Darley Street, because a lot of people have been seeing that being built over the last couple of years. It looks amazing. It will be. It, it'll be a huge game changer for Bradford. Uh, Darley Street Market will be. We're talking about whole floor dedicated to hot food, a global, multicultural you know, cuisines from all around the world. We hear the words melting pot a lot for Bradford, and that's what it will be. So we've got three floors you know all traditional markets hot food offer you know we're catering for lots and lots of different people and groups and Bradford's very diverse and we've got something for everybody. Now you've got markets in the city centre itself but also in the Bradford district how many? We have three indoor markets we have Keithley, uh, John Street, Osler and we have Kirgit Market and we also have a wholesale market St James's Wholesale Market for retailers, hauliers and restaurants in the district and beyond and we have three open markets as well we have Shipley Open Market we have um, Ilkley uh, Open Market which is a predominantly food uh, produce market and we also have Bingley Open Market as well. So there's plenty to see and do lots. and to eat as well, possibly, yes, lots, at lots. some of these too. <laughs> what sort of um, products are available at these markets? So it, it, it sort of varies. John Street Market, we have two aisles of fresh, you know, fresh sort of local produce, fruits and vegetables, your fresh meats, fish, cheese, a deli. Uh, and then we have lots of services and non-foods like your traditional, uh, what you find in traditional market, your shoe repair, your key repair, your laptop sort of repairs, all these sort of the techie sort of things that we always need on a daily basis, haberdashery. And then in Keithley Market, it's predominantly cafes, lots of services and non-food. But we're predominantly focused on fresh produce, what traditionally markets have always been about, really, doing your general food shop in our markets. I think we maybe take markets for granted a little bit, but the history and his sense of community yes, as well, because definitely. there's a lot of traders who've been here for decades. Yeah. Well, over a yeah, hundred years, yeah. some of them. Many of these are all family-owned businesses passed on from you know pa uh, parents to children, father to son. One of them is Taplins, uh, one of our butchers. Priestley, the fishmongers, you know, Solid Fruits and Vegetables is a family-owned business. Fruit World, uh, the same thing for Fruit World. And businesses in our Kirgit market have been just running for so long. And it's so nice to see families together, you know, uh, the joke shop in Kirgit 
you're talking about decades here. So it's Kath Sutcliffe is runs the stall with her two daughters, and they they just it's all well known in the district. Um, every costume they have, you know, whether it's a Halloween event or you know whatever event it is, New Year's Eve uh, events and parties, they've been catering for people across the district and beyond for years and years. And it's nice to see them all do that together as a family. But it also particularly for the city centre, it reinforces that offering that the city centre has, that there's nice restaurants, there's plenty to see and do in the city centre, but also there's lots to buy as well. And with Bradford being, I'm going to use that word, melting pot, there's so many different forms of food and that you can see and, and buy. Bradford is so diverse and it's so multicultural and the markets really reflect that. We have traders in this particular market doing exotic fruits and vegetables from all over the world and it's very fresh and it's authentic. It's a bit like when we look at cuisines, we want to try a new cuisine. You probably be the same as me. You want it cooked from the person from that origin. And the great thing is they're so knowledgeable about their vegetables and fruits and vegetables that are from, you know, from other parts of the world, whether it's the Middle East or whether it's Africa. We've got tropical foods here that cater for the Caribbean community. And there'll be fruits and vegetables that we've never seen before. And it's so nice to speak to them about it and how they cook it and how they eat it. And they're so forthcoming to give these recipes as well. But the future of markets, we've mentioned, you know, e-commerce and different generations maybe not used to coming and buying from individual stalls and things like that. How do you see it evolving? We've seen a huge difference in, even in our traders in the way they operate. Many of our traders are now really using social media and they know that the future, to bring in a younger audience, you're going to have to be on platforms that they've probably not always been comfortable with. Ever since the pandemic, we had many of our traders always dealing with cash as well. So card payments came in after the pandemic. So we noticed lots of changes that our traders made to target different audiences and people that are now shopping online. Many of them have websites. A lot of our butchers have websites. They offer click and collect. They offer delivery service. So they are really, really getting there. And I think with the Darley Street market, it would be, again, like I said, a total game changer. It's a techie market. You know, you're able to order your food from downstairs if there's an event going on and, you know, your buzzers and whatnot and having food delivered to you. And that's the way it's going. And I think our traders are well aware of that. And what do you offer for visitors who might want to have a longer visit in the Bradford district? Oh, there's just so much to, you know, if you look at the theatres and museums and the beautiful parks that we have in the district, there's so much to see in Bradford. I think we have so many lovely little pockets in Bradford. So if you were to stay, you know, more in the inner city centre, we've got Saltair. I don't have to say anything more. Then we have Haworth and we've got some amazing festivals always going on throughout the year. You know, Saltair Festival, the Dragon Boat Festival is one of my favourites. We've just got so many things going on around there. You can just have a real nice week in Bradford you could do and I think it's and food wise I mean the new market we're looking at a global hot food offer on the top floor but these are from independent traders and we're looking at Mexican we're looking at Vietnamese we're looking at Italian and I think we're going to get lots of people coming into the district um, enjoying all these different you know offers that we will have in the market so so much to say and do in Bradford. So plenty to see and do a big offering in terms of the markets here in Bradford and district how do we find out more about them? It's Bradford Markets, so it's www.bradfordmarkets.com. Our social media handle is also Bradford Markets. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and we're on Facebook. Is the million-dollar question now. <laughs> if I was going to grab one thing to eat at one of your markets, which market are you sending me to, and what am I buying? John Street, Thai noodle bar. Absolutely amazing <laughs> Thai food. It's just here. Absolutely amazing. Everybody that 
I've just never ever heard uh, anybody say anything but amazing. Uh, just the most amazing Thai green, the most amazing Pad Thai, the most amazing crispy tamarind duck. It's amazing and it's authentic. Pai is Thai, she knows her stuff. And it's amazing sort of street food theatre. You'll see that place lunchtime. The queues are going out right until... And it's just store. over there. It's literally just over there. I'm We're uh, <laughs> 10 seconds away. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Hansa, for showing me around Bradford's fantastic markets. Thank you. Thank you so much. From actual food at Bradford Markets to food for the soul. And here we are in the imposing Bradford Cathedral, which is just the most amazing, amazing building. You really do have to come here and take in the, the majesty of it. I'm joined by Graeme Thorpe, the Director of Music. Graeme, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. And also Maggie Myers, who's the Director of Education and Visitors. Maggie, nice to see you too. Thank you very much. Give us a tiny potted history of this amazing place. The oldest place in Bradford that's still being used for its original purpose. So it's been a site here uh, for Christian worship since Saxon times. So we're just coming up to pretty much 1,400 years of continuous use on this site, which is pretty mind-blowing. Um, this is the third church. This has been here since the 1300s, 1400s. Uh, beautiful building, beautiful architecture, higgledy-piggledy, honey-coloured stones, gorgeous, 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 beautiful Victorian stained glass. Um, what else can I say? There's just so much stuff. The stories as well, the stories of the people, the vicar who was the whaling captain that became this amazing scientist, um, the story of, you know, just so many people that uh, if you pop in, you might get a little taste of that. It's set in beautiful gardens and other outbuildings which are just amazing to look at. It's like an oasis of calm right in the centre of the city. It is, and people often stumble upon it. I mean, that's our biggest problem is that when they the Christians first came here, they came here because it was on a hillside and visible uh, to people around. But obviously over the years, we've become slightly invisible or quite invisible. And people do often sort of stumble in. I had two visitors yesterday said, we were just around and about and we kind of came across it. And we couldn't believe when we came in how beautiful it was and how you know calm it was. So it is, it's a haven. And Graeme, as the director of music uh, here, there's, there's so many things going on uh, in and around the cathedral. Yeah, absolutely. So... Being a Wednesday today, we've got our, the very first of our weekly organ recitals back again. The organ has been out over the last three or four months, so over the summer, to have some remedial work done to it, to make the sound better, to make it um, mechanically more reliable. And the improvement's just been fantastic. So today's our first recital back after a three-month break. So the, the organ's had a bit of an MOT? Exactly. <laughs> the, the recitals take place every Wednesday, every Wednesday lunchtime at one o'clock. They're preceded by a buffet lunch that's four pounds and it's the best four pound lunch you'll get in Bradford. Um, we do all sorts of other musical things here. Um, we have children's choirs. Uh, we've got boy choristers, girl choristers, the a community choir we call the Grace Notes. They're, they're really cute. And then we've got a, a group of volunteer adult singers. So we also sing services four times a week. So if you want to come and hear music at the cathedral, there are loads and loads of opportunities to do so. It must be, for your job as a director of music, it must be tremendously exciting to, to have the cathedral, have that space and be able to fill it with various kinds of music. Yeah, absolutely. So particularly working with the choir is really exciting because that's a tradition that's been going back centuries and to, 
to have these children from some of the most unlikely backgrounds in Bradford coming and continuing that tradition. So they sing music all the way from the 1500s right to the present day. It, it's really inspiring, accompanied by the cathedral organ in, in, in the calm of services, or, or sometimes not even calm. They, they can be really exciting as well. <laughs> and as a musician, the acoustics must be amazing for you. As Maggie said, it is the oldest building in Bradford. That's the old part of the church. Um, we've also got a, a 1960s East End, which was designed by Edward Morph, who was the architect who built Guildford Cathedral. So architecturally, they're similar. And acoustically, it's really, really special. It's a tall space. It's very light. It allows the sound really to sing around the building. And it, it's interesting how the, the acoustics between the two spaces differ. And we use both of them in our services every day. And also music by candlelight events. Now, I've heard about this and everybody waxes lyrical about this. Again, a spectacle to behold. Absolutely. So this is kind of the, the flip side of the coin where, we, where the cathedral doesn't do the classical music. There are many sort of tribute bands, for instance, so you get Queen by Candlelight. The cathedral partners with national organisations. So in the candlelight concerts, that's with often full rock bands. There's been one with a string quartet, and they're always popular. They draw in a, a completely different audience. So it's really nice just to see different people coming through the door. The cathedral lit by candles is something really, really special, uh, and we get to do that in services as well. Of course, it's quite a big undertaking, but it brings such a variety of repertoire, a variety of different styles of music to the cathedral. So we've had Fleetwood Mac, Hans Zimmer, John Williams, there's always something for everyone. So you can't turn around and say there isn't much variety at Bradford Cathedral. There is a lot. There's a lot going on. Going on, which is great for you, uh, Maggie, coming back to you, you know, in your job as director of education and visitors. One building has so much going on inside it. Absolutely. I mean, the thing about the cathedral is it, it is it's an opportunity. That's the way that I look at it. It's an opportunity. People are interested. People sort of prick up their heads and go, oh, a cathedral. Lots of people say, I didn't know Bradford had a cathedral. That's a really common thing when I go to other places, to meetings. Um, and as I say, lots and lots of people that have lived in Bradford all their life have never been in here. So we try and offer a varied programme. We try and have something for everybody so that everybody can just have a reason to come through those gates and come through those doors. And it's quite hard sometimes people find it because it's so imposing and because it's set back and it's a little bit away sometimes people are a bit like oh I'm not sure that I'm allowed to go in there so part of my job is to just think of ways for people to come in and experience it and like you said you know to experience the cathedral in daytime is one thing to experience it at nighttime candle lit with music reverberating around all these amazing spaces is just a wonder to behold and it's just wonderful when people come that have never been before for a particular event and then they sort of say, oh, I've never been in here before. I'm going to come back and I'm going to... And that is like job done, really. And something else which happens is outdoor theatre. Yes. So in the summer, for many years now, we have partnered with ACT, who are the Actors Community Theatre, and they put on Shakespeare plays in the grounds of the cathedral, usually in July, uh, and they do a, a, a number of performances here. So it's one of those where people can come and sit in the grounds of the cathedral and they can watch a, a fantastic Shakespeare play performed by ACT. 
I mean, who doesn't love that really, you know, on a summer's evening to be able to come into the central Bradford, to sit outside in this beautiful location and to be able to see Shakespeare performed um, and other, you know, we've got a beautiful space here and in the summer, lots and lots of people come at lunchtimes out of their offices and they come and sit outside and have their sandwiches and meet up with people. It really is this beautiful oasis of calm. And I always hope that maybe one day after they've sat outside there eating their sandwiches, they might just venture inside and have a little look around as well because the door is open. So everybody can come in. How do we find out more about Bradford Cathedral? So the, the best thing to do if you want to find out is to go to the website, which is bradfordcathedral.org.uk. And also we are now these days all over social media as well. So Facebook, X, Instagram, Threads, YouTube. You can't avoid it really. We're just trying to get out there. We're just trying to reach people. We're trying to say we're here. You know, we might be hidden, but we're here and we're for you. We have something for you. But also just to you know, experience Bradford's history. It spans the longest span in terms of Bradford's history of any kind of building or site in Bradford. My big bugbear is that people often assume Bradford's history kind of started with the Industrial uh, Revolution. And there is so much more. If you come to this site, you'll see, you know, you hear lots of stories and see things that are pre-Industrial Revolution. And Bradford goes back a long way and it's got a really interesting history. And lots of that is contained within the cathedral's history as well. Thank you very much, Maggie. Thank you to you, Graham, as well. There's loads going on here at Bradford Cathedral and yet more great reasons to stay and explore the Bradford district. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Explore with Visit Bradford podcast. To get more information on this remarkable part of West Yorkshire, head to visitbradford.com. Until next time, from Bradford Cathedral, goodbye from me, John Foster. Listener.